Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerd Alert. Girls. All right. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Bridget. I'm Jen. How's it going? And I'm Caroline, aka Sorceress Supreme. Welcome, Caroline. So happy to have you here on the podcast. I'm I'm very happy to be here, even mm-hmm. if I keep interrupting everyone. <laughs> Just because I'm so enthusiastic. Is it well, it's it doesn't help that like we can't see each other. We're not in the same physical room to like catch social cues. So it's fine. Um no, but uh so glad to be able to be here to talk about this series Echo. So yeah, I mean, we were first introduced to this character in, in Hawkeye, uh, which was back in 2021, and I can't believe it's already been that long. Um, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, I um, didn't really expect to have, uh, like, a whole show, like, uh, centering her as a character, but I was really excited about it, especially given, like, the fact that, like, we have so few Native American characters in like Marvel, even in the comics, you know, especially in the comics. <laughs> and so like I was excited at the idea of like a show that was centered around her. And she was one of the more compelling characters in Hawkeye, especially when we were thinking about the antagonist. I remember um when she first showed up, it was in a totally, you know, um, she didn't even say anything, but we were like, that is how you exude presence. <laughs> remember, I don't know if you remember that. That's right, huh? Yeah. Like, she just exuded this presence um, from her first entrance on screen. So I was like, oh, we're getting a whole show about her? I mean, I, I didn't expect that, but I, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, it was one of those things where I'm like, when we were watching this show, I'm like, okay, she feels like the main character of her own story, which is, like, frustrating within the context of a Hawkeye show, which is theoretically about Hawkeye. Um <laughs> But, you know, in the context of, like, her getting her own show, like, I think we learned when we were watching that show that she got her own show. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, she's a very charismatic, compelling character. So it's that was a cool development. Yeah, so I'm I'm really glad that we get to delve into her character. I like, yeah, again, wasn't expecting it, but like, I'm excited about it. Um, This trailer um, that released back in uh well, like a month ago, as of the time of her recording, um, was a lot. I mean, I didn't realize that it would have um, an MA rating. So, like, watching it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm watching um, The Boys on Amazon Prime again, you know? Like, in terms of like really brutal, gritty, violent nature. I mean, because I never saw um, Daredevil. Well, I saw the first, I think I watched the first episode of Daredevil with you, Jen, right? Um, but I, I never got around to watching the whole series. So like, I, I never got to see that side of, of Marvel. So like, this is like my first taste of it, which I think was just like, like, Oh, I just have to like mentally prepare myself for that. But it was a very gritty series, gritty trailer, right? So gritty. I was just rewatching it before we uh, signed on here. And even though I was like in shock when the trailer first came out, like I was just, hit again by how gritty it was and as someone who uh, loves violence and who loves like the daredevil jessica jones uh defender saga thing that they had on netflix i am super excited that they're not gonna pull their punches on this i love it it looks amazing between the fight scenes the gore and then not to mention the Native American imagery just flashing at us. Just, ooh, I am pumped for this. I am so excited. 
Yeah, I I feel the same way. It's like the Daredevil show, you know, I feel like when it came out, um, brought this like more, you know, it, I don't necessarily want to say realistic because it's still kind of goofy to have a guy run around dressed up like a devil. Um, but like, you know, those fights were real, like hat were really tough and visceral and you know they were really well choreographed and again it was just like a regular guy and some regular henchmen you know beating the tar out of each other and i i think that the mcu has been missing that for quite some time you know ever since the defenders kind of wound down um so i i was glad to hear that this is going to be ma that this is going to be like a more kind of nasty side of this universe because like I think it's been again it's just been lacking that for a while because like as I said you know the the MCU tries to kind of imitate a lot of different genres and like you know if you're only imitating genres that are okay to be like PG-13 or TV-14 or what have you it's like you're going to not be able to tell certain kind of stories and like a real crime drama is going to have to involve more violence, you know? Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be really intense. And I think, um, I think the trailer does a good job of like giving you a good taste of like what it'll be like for people like me who need to mentally prepare themselves. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I, I think that it, it does look really interesting. Um, and um it also i am you know i am interested in like the way they're going to you know address her culture and her background because it's like we've you know we've seen her move in these kind of very like we've seen her interact a little bit with her father before um but a lot of her interactions have been like with these like russian mobsters you know um Right. So apparently like the description I found of this show is say that like she has to face her past and reconnect with her Native American roots. And like, I'm, I'm curious as to what that looks like. I feel like that could be really interesting to watch. And it's also like, there's a, there's a good amount of like thrillers and mysteries and suspense fiction, like either by indigenous authors or with indigenous settings. Um, so, you know, I'll be like, I think there's there's a show on AMC right now called like Dark Winds, which is kind of like a neo-noir set in the Southwest um, that has indigenous characters. So it's like, I that's a really fertile genre and one that I admit that I don't know a huge amount about, but I am interested to see. It looks like this might be kind of something um, tapping into that, that vein, because I know it is a, a pretty big genre within the like, greater umbrella of like mystery suspense crime fiction so yeah i'm excited to see what they do with that uh those those aspects you know there is oh a my great, gosh yeah there's a great um comic series by rebecca roanhorse um about echo called phoenix song echo um it's like like basically she like literally has to go back to the past and like meet her ancestors um to figure out like she in that run it's like after she like um has the phoenix force or the phoenix powers and like she's trying to figure out how to like quote unquote control it and like um anyway it um but like there's an interesting um like aspect of like her look you know traveling through like her her lineage her direct lineage um 
and like encountering like an, another ancestor of hers who you know can speak to like um her her history her own abilities and her her own self and then i thought that was a really interesting take on it um that was you know written by an indigenous author so i thought that was really cool um i don't know if, the, if they're necessarily drawing in any inspiration from that because it's a totally different circumstance that that character is dealing with with like the phoenix force and everything but um, yeah. Just in the in sense of like reconnecting with her roots and everything. It just kind of reminded me of that. But also I just want to take the opportunity to like push that series because <laughs> I think people should read it. It's not terribly long. Uh, I think it's only like five issues or something. But um, anyway, so um, yeah, I think the other interesting thing I wanted to talk about was her whole relationship with um, with Will, with the Kingpin, with Wilson Fisk, who, as we all knew, he was not dead. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean because i mean he he he's his voiceover is you know literally you know over like practically this whole trailer right like his entire presence is like you know kind of hovering in the background like haunting her right as we're looking at like what you know her history from starting from that first moment where she has an encounter with the the vendor who's mocking her for being deaf and then wilson fisk goes and like beats the crap out of him in an alley and then she sees that and like by the end of it of the trailer you see her walking away holding um kingpin's hand it's like whoa <laughs> that's a lot you know yeah. um yeah I love that visual of like cute little schoolgirl in this like huge hulking like brute of a man right <laughs> yeah it's such a contrast i mean what do you what do you think about how their whole dynamic as we see in the trailer and i mean even as we saw in in the hawkeye series I'm excited to see where that goes because I think, um, you know, in, in the Daredevil series, like Fisk is an interesting character. And part of that is that he does seem to have people he genuinely cares about, but he's also, you know, extremely ruthless and very violent. And, you know, he did something to her that really hurt her, but he does seem to have a part of him that cares about her. So I'm like, I'm kind of curious to see that kind of twisted father-daughter dynamic play out. Um, you know, and he's also someone who, you know, his own backstory does kind of explain a lot about, like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can tell that's kind of why he is the way he is. Um, so it's like, I think he does have a part of him that, like, cares about vulnerable people. I mean, not as a group, you know, because, again, he's very, he's a predatory, like, crime boss. But, like, he'll see individual people, um, and kind of have a desire to protect them, which is interesting. Um, so, but also this idea that like he sees a lot of himself in her. So I think that like, you know, he kind of means that as like, we're both ruthless, we're both angry, but it's like, it could also be that they're both wounded. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm curious. Or, you know, it could be that I'm I'm wrong about all this and he's just always been manipulating her. Um, that's also an option. Again, with a guy like that, that's the interesting thing about him. He's, he's just very, um, yeah, he, you never quite know where you stand with, with Fisk, but he does seem to have some sort of genuine um, ties to people. So I'm real curious to see like how their relationship plays out and like that dynamic but but yeah the the hawkeye the ending of hawkeye was just it was so obvious it's like they're not gonna just bring him in for a minute and then kill him like he's he's alive we all know he's alive don't why are you bothering to fake us out on this one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we didn't see a body so he's not dead and sure enough there he is with an eye patch because i guess 
she purposely shot him through the eye to, I don't know, get closure or something. Purposely made sure he lived. You know, so that dynamic's gonna be awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Marvel, for bringing back D'Onofrio. Thank you. Yeah, that's another great, like, character-actor pairing where it's like he... He, I think he really loves that role. And so, you know, and he's very good at it. So it's fun that it's good that he like is happy to come back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear here. Do you yeah. think, I mean, is there anything, I guess, because again, I didn't watch the Daredevil series other than what you've touched on, like how, how much do you think, I mean, how much of that, per, is it the same guy, like version of him? Is this a variant of Wilson <laughs> Fist? You, you know, I, I this a logistical question I have here. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know because as, as far as I know, all the, like the Defenders is within mcu continuity like i don't think there's a separate continuity for the netflix shows i mean again I, as far as i can tell and you know if they're all on disney plus together that would suggest they're all in the same continuity and there's there's nothing to yeah i don't think there's anything to suggest that this fisk is different than the one in the series so aside from like in hawkeye he takes way too many punches and like gets electrocuted and that should have killed him but it doesn't um suggesting he has some kind of superpowers but i think that might just be like sloppy fight choreography or something well no, this guy is hard to kill like in the comics and any iteration i've ever seen him in he's just i think sheer spite and sheer stubbornness <laughs> that that keeps him alive honestly just he is almost unkillable there's been so many opportunities and granted most of his enemies happen to be people who have a strict no-kill list. You know, uh, Spider-Man, Daredevil. Despite the fact that they've gone head-to-head -head with this guy, they won't kill him. So that's why this guy keeps crawling back out like a cockroach. Like, <laughs> at the end of Daredevil, if I remember correctly, he was in jail. Yeah. And yet, I'm not even surprised he's back out there because, if anything, his connections. Because he was doing some creepy stuff in, in Daredevil even when he was in jail after season one. You know, spoilers, obviously. Yeah. But he was, like, doing his thing. So the fact that he's out, not surprised. The fact that he's still the same ruthless guy that we all know, not surprised. I'm just wondering at this point, what's he got going? His adoptive daughter, niece, tried to kill him because she found out that he killed her dad. Which is, you know, unforgivable. Bye, you're dead. But yet, for some reason, she kept him alive. And it seems like... He has he so far it seems like he shows no ill will towards her. Like knowing Fisk the way I know Fisk, he definitely like can show a bit of not empathy, but can sort of see the other person's perspective. So I can imagine him like knowing why Maya tried to kill him. Like, that's understandable. I may not have had a good relationship with my father, but you clearly loved yours, you know, and holds no grudge against her because that's just the kind of guy he is. Especially since I can still see him trying to manipulate her while she's trying to break away and get back into her roots. I mean, I saw a little bit of that in the Daredevil show himself when he's uh, talking to Matt Murdock as the lawyer. And mentions that even though he's annoyed that uh, Matt and Foggy are like up against him on the legal side of things, he admits that he respects them. Because like they had they did all this on their own without some big corporation backing them up, you know, do they're doing this by their own uh resources, limited as they are. 
So I can definitely see him kind of like understanding why Maya like wants to kill him, but also why she's trying to break out of the whole tracksuit mafia thing. But he's not going to let her go. He's already put in too much time, too much attention. And maybe there is a little bit of, I, I hesitate to say love because I feel like people like him don't really love even though there are people that he is soft for, but I feel like he's not going to let her go anytime soon, despite that she tried to kill him and that she has every right to hate him. So it's interesting to see where he's going to go with that, how he's going to justify himself to her and how he's going to try to keep her as his pawn. Yeah, that's a really good point you make about Kingpin and how, like, he respects his enemies a lot of the time. Um, I mean, again, I don't know what he's like in the comics, because I've only seen him in the Netflix series, but that's one of the things about the Netflix series, is it seems like he has a level of, like, understanding that, you know, it makes sense that these guys are going after me. You know, that that's what they, that's what they do, that's why they're doing it. Um, and also, like, it's kind of impressive they got this far, um and like i think that that you know makes him really interesting is one of the things that makes him interesting as a villain is he's not just like you know some mustache twirling villain who's like darn it i gotta i gotta get that daredevil he's foiling my plans again like the fact that he's able to kind of think the way his people who are against him think or at least like understand where they're coming from and i think that you know that makes someone more effective as a villain because it's like you know it's a really dumb idea it's really dumb to underestimate your opponent um you don't want to you know way overestimate them either then you can get into a lot of trouble but um you definitely don't want to underestimate people so like yeah having a level of respect for your enemies i think is is pretty is smart um so yeah that's a good point you bring up yeah what do you think about, I mean, I like the, the twist of um, the, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, but it's no bad deed goes unpunished and like kind of like playing with that, you know, common common phrase. Um, what do you think punishment looks like for both Fisk and for Maya? I think it looks like getting your head bashed in. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, no variation. They both seek revenge. Yeah, no, I mean, I I get that, but I I I meant like what would like them being punished looks like? What like I mean like what would be like like I know that like um they're making others suffer for like their bad deeds or their bad deeds as far as like from their perspective, right? But like um you know, I mean, do you think that's going to be flipped around on them? And if so, how? I guess I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm. I it's hard to say what's going to happen with with Maya but I think with Fisk like I'm with Jen on this one I feel like Kingpin just always manages to like wriggle his way out of like whatever is you know against him it's either like I mean maybe it's just like she mentions is because he's paired up with in the comics at least he gets paired up with these uh heroes with no kill policies um which makes me wonder like why the Punisher has never like shot him in the head you know Mm, seriously oh my gosh where's the punisher and deadpool on this seriously they need to crack at him exactly it it makes me it kind of makes me think of that like um if you guys have seen austin powers where like scott powers is like look 
gun, shoot him, we do it. And Dr. Evil's like, no, no, you need a trap with sharks and freaking laser beams. <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh my gosh. For yes. so real. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, there's some kind of superhero meeting where they're like, I'll tie him up in my web. And the Punisher's like, gun, I use gun. We just, bam, there we go. He's dead. And Daredevil, Problem solved. Yeah. Daredevil's like, what about my billy clubs? He's like, no, just shoot him. He will not get up. He cannot resurrect himself. There's no variant version of him coming back. He will stay dead. His money will go to his wife or maybe to charity. Seriously. Put him in the ground. Yep. All right. Well, that's dark. (laughs) But I mean, that is a serious. Echo and it's rated M.A. Yeah. Yeah. We're in for a ride, ladies. So, okay. um, Speaking of like characters in like the Defender universe, um, what about, I mean, we're about, you know, Matt Murdock returning. I mean, like you mentioned, Jen, that like he's looking for a former ally and he had a theory about who that could be. Okay. Y'all, I am so excited. Daredevil is one of my favorite characters in the Marvel comics and in the MCU. And Charlie Cox plays him beautifully. So when they got him back, I was pumped and I was practically weeping at the spider-man no way home where he returned so it makes perfect sense for him to come back because where there's a fisk there's a matt murdoch so when they mentioned Mm -hmm. that he'll be back in echo i was like oh great how are they going to squeeze him in and so i'm looking online it says that he's looking for a former ally and i'm thinking oh i wonder who he's looking for because he's got some allies you know despite the short run of daredevil and I'm thinking, honestly, that it was uh, Electra Nachios, you know, the ally of his. But mm-hmm. speculation says that he's looking for Jessica Jones. And I might have burst into tears a little bit because I have no concrete uh, evidence that Kristen Ritter will come back. I know she wants to. And I know there's sort of like something going on where she might come back. But again, nothing concrete. I loved jessica jones the the show the character the comics everything about her so if there's a possibility that she could be back and this is the ally that daredevil is looking for i am in oh please please we keep begging for things for the mcu for marvel in general let me have this one folks when it comes to jessica jones miss marvel and spider-man i want the world for these characters please Give her to me. Yeah, I, I'm i with you on that one. I would really like to see, because like the Defender series, um, you know, I haven't watched all of the uh, Marvel Netflix stuff, but I really liked uh, Kristen Ritter's take on Jessica Jones and um, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. Um, you know, I, I watched the first seasons of everybody's shows. So, you know, I got to see a little enough of them, I think. Um, but like, yeah, I think those actors do such a great job with those characters and I really would like to see them, you know, get to hang out with other MCU characters or cross over in a certain way, or just like, just come back. It would be great to see them again, um, in, in this. So yeah, it would be, it would be fun if that's who, um, uh, Matt Murdock is looking for. Um, and it would, you know, for sure like explain the continuity stuff of like, okay, this is definitely everyone from the the Marvel Netflix stuff is canon in the greater MCU. So yeah, I, I like that idea. I'm down with that. 
the continuity thing. That real. What? I said, I'll put my energy towards making that real. Yeah. I was going to say, the continuity question is just like, I just, it just feels especially relevant for me with the whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, you know, continuity question. Like, it still hunts me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I have just not heard anything about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back over, which, like, makes me really sad because it's like, just they I, I like those characters and they would all it would be really cool if they could like come out of their little tv corner and you know get to hang out with the rest of the characters because it's like colson was a big deal in phase one you know yeah colson's a movie character why can't he come back i don't know it's crazy i don't know why i don't know why they don't like me to have nice things i guess <laughs> also like i mean again if they're gonna do like a young avengers thing like colson and may you know spy mom and dad like they would be great at training those kids let's go i want that so bad daisy where you at you're flying in space somewhere i need you yeah. anyway whole daisy needs change. to come back like mm -hmm. daisy, uh, daisy needs to hang out with the rest of the gang truly yeah i'm ready for that uh I'll, I'll keep pressing my fingers for that day, okay? But um, anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it, I hope we do get that confirmation. And it would also, like, officially assign me homework because I still, I have not gotten around to watching the Netflix series. Like, every, at that time when they were first coming out, like, um, my dad was threatening to take us off Netflix. I'm like, why would I bother to start if we're not going to have Netflix anymore? Spoiler alert, we never gave up Netflix. And I could have watched it from the <laughs> beginning. But now it feels overwhelming to go back. But anyway, that's a separate... I'm going to... Uh, separate tangent. Um, But yeah, uh, I just want to say real quick also, when I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page again, and I realized that Rebecca Rowanhorse is in the writer's room. So yes, I'm so pumped. Um, I'm glad she's on there. She's a great writer. Anyway. That's, that'd be kind of wild if it's like this show is mostly this grounded like you know gritty realistic thing and then out of nowhere it's like maya gets the like the phoenix force and it goes all cosmic you know, I know. yeah genre shift halfway through yeah i i mean like i don't think that'll happen but i'm i'm curious if rebecca will like has like put forth any like how much of her idea she's put forth because there's a character that like um maya encounters who like has this ability like uh, okay it's been a while since i've read it um but like he had this ability to like um help people connect to their ancestors or see their ancestors or something like that like he had that that like he was able to make that a connection to a person's ancestral line um and then like combined with their phoenix force they were actually able to like physically go back in time to actually meet like those ancestors in the flesh um I could be mixing up the details a little bit, but like he was an interesting character, and I just wonder if, if I don't know if um if like something like that could come into play, or like experiencing like you know like this more spiritual like I wonder if there will be any kind of spiritual element to to this series. Um, I it's hard to say because uh, the trailer doesn't really hint on that, right? I mean, it's so physical and visceral; it's hard to think about like um a spiritual like kind of journey, but like you know who knows it's, it's a possibility is all i'm saying especially with like i just think of it because rebecca's in the writer's room so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm curious to see like 
how they kind of work with that. Cause I feel like, you know, when you're trying to talk about like native American characters, there's always kind of this, uh, it's a little like difficult. Cause it's like on the one hand, if you're, it's taking place in a sci-fi fantasy setting where it's like magic is real and people can do this. Cause like, you know, Kamala Khan like was able to interact with her ancestors. Um, right. So, you know, we've seen this happen before in the MCU, um, but it's like, I wonder if there's like, they might be worried about doing that with Native American stuff because there's kind of a unfortunate tendency in like media about Native Americans to just be like, they're magic. Right. In a setting that doesn't involve magic. And so it's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I totally see that. And I, I think it makes sense that for them to not go that route. And like, again, I don't think that like, um, what Rebecca Roanhorse did for her series is like going to be translated verbatim. Um, yeah. But like, just like the way that she um, did that exploration, I think was interesting. And I wonder if like, they'll find like another, another path that feels like not necessarily like literally going back in time or anything like that. Cause I like that she's like grounded in like the present and yeah. like, you know, grounded in like the like quote unquote real world that doesn't feel necessarily connected to aliens in space or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um I think I don't know, it'd just be interesting to see how that that element can come into play and in a way that is like from a- an actual indigenous author's perspective, obviously, um, and like framing it in in properly <laughs> and authentically, you know. Um and they might not go that route at all. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, either way, like, she has to, like, face her demons, so to speak. She has to face her connection to Fisk and, like, you know, the loss of her dad. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess, like, broadly speaking, like, the loss of, like, her culture as well, right? And, like, I mean, yeah. so, I and those are real questions. And I think, um. I'm interested in seeing how she deals with that, like on every level, like a psychological, emotional, physical, spiritual. I think there, there's a lot of things just that play just by being a whole human being with all these different aspects of existence at play, right? When you you exist in the world, um, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a there's a there's an ethical way to do it. Um, so God willing, like they they will do that, but um. Yeah, I think I do like I don't necessarily need like a like a spiritual element or anything. Um, literally only bringing it up because of Rebecca's um, series. But um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think this I think the show, though, will will have both its feet on the ground pretty firmly, I think. Yeah, it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm curious to know. Like, I, I think it would be really interesting if they were able to like incorporate um you know those like more specific i mean the thing is like do we maybe i'm missing this but um like do we know for sure like which you know nation like maya's part of um cuz i think sh- i think she's like she's navajo in the comics but i know um she's yeah. choctaw in this choctaw. in this yeah. movie yeah okay i think i read that's a that's another thing is why i'm like i'm not so i'm not sure because like i've heard like different people refer to her in different different ways and i'm like okay so that's yeah all it's it's a little muddled in the comics so like and i think that's like the like the writers have acknowledged that so yeah okay okay you know because um you know the actress is from is from wisconsin 
Um, and she grew up on the um, Menomine Reservation. I'm not 100% sure if I'm pronouncing that right. So sorry if I'm not. But um, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious to know, like, how, again, how they're going to handle that and exactly which specific culture she comes from. Um, so, you know, um, that'll be interesting. But But generally, like, I do really like the idea of um, people being able to kind of talk to their ancestors because like I don't know I think that's really fascinating and you know all of us are defined in different ways by our history mm-hmm. um, so it's like I think that's something a lot of us wish we could do is like go back in the past um, and talk to our ancestors I mean especially like people mm-hmm. I mean I don't know how many people think about that on like a regular basis but you know I think it would be interesting um, and especially you know for people who come from groups where it's like part of their history has been you know, taken from them or erased, or it's like if they don't know a lot of like who their an- about things about who their ancestors were. Um, you know, right. oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if even if we don't go necessarily back to the, like ancestors, I wonder if she'll like reconnect to like relatives of like her father or her mother. You know, we never meet her mother. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a yeah. That's another thing I'm curious about because like we don't know what exactly is going on with her mom in Hawkeye because she's just not mentioned. So it's like, is she dead? Is she, is she missing? Like, did she run, you know, did she abandon the family? Like, Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting question. So I don't, and I don't know if we'll get answers. I mean, we do see like that shot of like the pregnant woman, right? Um, Like, I wonder who, who that is. Like, yeah. is that oh, some right, kind of huh? flashback or, you know, is this happening in the present? It was, I don't, I don't know. I, not sure. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got, I got a lot of questions. There's not, there's not much information in this. No. Trailer, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think I mean, we get a good taste though. Yeah. I think it does what a trailer, you know, should do in that it like sets the the mood of the piece and it gives you an idea of what it'll be like. Um, but but yeah, I just like it'll be um, I'm curious to know, like, yeah, what this is going to be about and what's going on. And, you know, all these there's a lot about, you know, this character that we don't know. So. Yeah, no, there's a lot of lot of mystery there for sure. And I just realized I'm like skimming over the trailer again. Like there's like a couple of clips that are in black and white too. Yeah. I was noticing that. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. So I mean that might lean towards those being like either flashbacks or memories mm-hmm. or like some mm-hmm. kind of journey into the past if they're in black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, it's an interesting I mean, it's like it's it's a choice, right? To have it in the whole black and white color scheme versus like with the um, I don't know. It's just an interesting way to frame the flashback, you know, because not all flashbacks are necessarily filmed or framed that way. So yeah. I'm curious about oh, that. True, as well. true. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anything else you want to say about uh Echo? Oh, well, I guess I uh, one one other thing I guess that comes up for me is the fact that it's uh all coming out at once. Um, how many episodes? Yeah, is it? Um, five. That's five. another thing I wanted to bring up to you guys. Five episodes. Like, I know these uh, Marvel series are a little on the shorter side, but five seems, like, especially short to me. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I kind of wonder if there's some production issues uh, with this one. Oh, Yeah. Yikes. Worries me a little bit. It worries me a little bit that they're releasing all at once. I don't know if that has to do with the MA rating 
or you know if it has to do with like the story and it just makes more sense to watch it all together i mean it's the same thing with what if they're i mean they're not releasing it all on the same day but like within this like back to back so it's like a similar concept of like you just get it all at once basically um kind of like the netflix model they tend to dump everything at once right so um yeah i don't know maybe they're just trying to adopt that strategy just from a strategic production standpoint or maybe it has to do with the storytelling it just makes more sense for it to be all together i don't know yeah um it's i don't know either because it's like I, i think recently i've seen a lot of people opine about how like you know, binging, you know, binging is a bad model and stuff that's made to be binge doesn't work and yada, yada. And I'm just like, I don't know, for me, it's like, it really depends on the show. Um, because it's like, there are some shows where it's like, especially if they kind of have a slower pace start, I feel like they probably will be losing people early on if you can't just like watch the next episode and see if it, you know, where it's going. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, if it is something that kind of like, takes its sweet time you know sometimes i mean sometimes there are shows that where like the whole first season is really a lot of setup and so it's like it's more gratifying to watch that as a season um and also it's like i don't know there are certain things where it's like sometimes for instance you'll hear people talk about shows that have previously aired where it's like there's an arc that's particularly like dark or difficult and it's like sometimes if you watch all of that in kind of a short spirit span of time it makes more sense dramatically but if you're like watching it over the course of like multiple weeks it can be like more frustrating because it's like okay we're still stuck with this this needs to end and it's like you know maybe if you were able to kind of watch more of it at once then you would see that it's you know actually taking the right amount of time that it needs to so yeah i just think like tv is really flexible in terms of how many episodes a season you can have and how you watch it. And like, you know, if you wanted, you can watch one episode of something each night or one episode a week or all the episodes at once. And it's like, that's going to change the way you relate to what you're watching. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why they are dropping it like this, because I think so many streamers are trying to do the whole like week to week thing so that they have like a longer cycle of people talking about something and it being in the cultural consciousness and that kind of a thing so yeah i kind of like i'm curious to know why they're doing this yeah i mean i guess we won't know until we get there i guess um or or unless they decide to share that information but i doubt they will yeah but i don't know maybe they've seen like dumb fan reactions where people get mad that people that it's not being all explained to them at once and they're like look (laughs) drop it all at once okay yeah (laughs) that's it (laughs) i i would yeah that's viable to me that's a viable theory to me i know that's totally valid yeah my things with the week to week model is like people who are like oh all tv should be week to week that way there's more time for people to speculate it's like yeah but then there's also more time for morons to be like they didn't explain everything to me in the first episode. What's with that? This is a plot hole. Yeah, media media literacy is subterranean in our culture right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you're right. That is a great way of describing it. It's like, no, it is like there's so little of it. It has gone subterranean. <laughs> Just 
I have a lot of feelings about this from a different fandom that I will not bring up right now, but Star Wars? No, not Star Wars. Which <laughs> but is that's it? a good one. Uh no, I'm thinking of Ted Lasso, but that's that's contra- that's a controversial take. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to goad you into controversial takes, but like <laughs> my my specific com- my spe- like for me the the worst example of like people wanting everything all at once or like some of the star wars shows where people get really mad um but also people get really mad about star wars a lot (laughs) people are always mad about star wars it's the day of the apocalypse some people aren't mad about star wars (laughs) (laughs) i mean we already kind of had an apocalypse and people were still really mad about star wars so you know it's funny because it's like you look at star wars and it's like oh it's the you know the the franchise with the space wizards and the laser swords and the fun aliens and it's like people are so mad about it (sighs) they really are but the separate fandoms separate time yeah um but yeah so another time (laughs) um do you it was anything else that you want to say about echo the series echo the character just anything else any other theories or questions uh, as of now no i am really excited to see this you know and i'm just like all right let's do this let's go january yeah um i have one note and it's that i'm glad that kingpin is out of his hawaiian shirt face <laughs> that's great <laughs> i forgot about that yeah, I he's really need to get in this. So I, I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to rewatch Hawkeye. I haven't seen it since it first came out. And like my memory is like super blurry for it. Um, I do know to skip the first two episodes. <laughs> 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 or just just kind of speed watch it, skip it around, and wait for wait for Echo to show up. Um Yeah. But Honestly. uh Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, um, but yeah, and I think if anyone is wondering, I would say you probably should watch Hawkeye before Echo just because there's important backstory about Maya and just like her relationship with Wilson Face that I think is important to see. Um, if you just want to watch those scenes, you can. I think <laughs> um, involves, involves some skipping around, but like technically that is that is possible um, if you don't feel like watching the whole Hawkeye series. It yeah, is Christmas is. time, so it's the, it's the time to rewatch, I guess, just the season. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know it's six episodes, so it's it's, it's not, not terribly long. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, one more thing. I guess I wanted to say that I was I was noting on the from the Wikipedia page is that Lopez's power is not the ability to perfectly copy another person's movement uh movements from the comics. Um. So I don't know what that means in terms of like uh what her power is. Then I didn't even think of her as necessarily like having a power. I just thought like, oh, she's like one of the best fighters I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I just thought she was like really good at martial arts. Like, yeah, I'm like, she, she has powers. I like, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize she was the, like the taskmaster in the comics, but um, I guess that's yeah. snap. Kind of, yeah. That's the other thing is like, we've already had a taskmaster in. Yeah. So I think it would be kind of, I mean, also, isn't wasn't there a character on Agents of Shield who could kind of like mimic stuff? Um, so, like, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I feel like we could we don't necessarily need another person with mimic powers unless you're going to do something creative with it. 
Yeah. Um, well, they said they're going to do something else instead anyway, but I, I'm just like, what? I didn't realize she had powers. I thought she was just like a regular human. <laughs> me too. I just thought she was like really tough, you know? Yeah. 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 So, uh, we'll see. <laughs> but I'm curious what that would Imagine what is the Phoenix Force. I will die laughing. <laughs> um, let, well, let it not called be it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I will. I will have inadvertently called it oh man um yeah no i hope it's not that because that would feel like so out of left field like let's keep it dark and gritty please um i can't believe i said that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um speaking of which i have kind of a question for you guys do you Mm. feel like there's maybe a pendulum uh, shift going on um back to maybe more kind of dark and gritty superheroes because like you know i feel like throughout a lot of the like early to mid 2010s there was a lot of pushback against like the more kind of dark gritty aesthetic of like the late aughts, early 2010s. And for Nat, for a while now, the more kind of colorful, you know, fun superhero stuff has been popular. So I kind of wonder if, you know, maybe, you know, with series like this um, and whatever's going on with Daredevil, it's like we might be starting to see a return to, the kind of more grim superheroes and like you know the um like for instance like the the newer batman movie like batman's kind of always been not always but like always in his more ever since like 2000 has been kind of a darker grittier superhero and it's like people have been calling for him to get more fun but it's just like that's just not happening um and then like with the mcu we're seeing like more kind of fun characters being introduced but we're also seeing more of like a little bit of the darker side you know like all those sort of horror adjacent characters i mentioned um so you know i'm just kind of wondering if like maybe this is the next this is kind of what's going to be the new aesthetic for for superheroes going forward but maybe yeah. i'm just be a bunch of different kinds of stuff I mean, I don't think it'll be like necessarily the new aesthetic. I Marvel could certainly use like a revamp slash tonal shift, which is a broader question about the MCU and just like the MCU's future and like superhero fatigue, which I know Caroline, you want to talk about more in depth in another episode of on the podcast. But um, you know, I think uh I think maybe it could be like a like kind of a refreshing change of pace to go darker and to have more experimental sort of horror-esque or just like really dark and gritty content. Um, and it's not unheard of with, with the, with Marvel. It's just been a minute. Right. So I think, um, I think there can be interest in it if you market it correctly, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, I don't know if it's like the future of Marvel because I think of like the series they have in, in the works, like um with like Riri, Riri and um, Brody and the, what's it called? Is it Armor Wars? Yeah, Armor um, Wars and Iron Ironheart, which like yeah. I mean, it's hard to say what the tone of either of those is going to be because like Rhodey's been, you know, Rhodey's always been there, but it's like, what does Rhodey on his own look like? You know, yeah, is it gonna look like right. Iron Man, right. or is it gonna be like a little bit because Rhodey's a more serious character? Is it gonna be like a darker take on um, Iron Man, like the Iron Man type of story? Because like. I don't know. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of like the Iron Man comics have a bunch of really doofy villains in them. Um, <laughs> they do. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'll, I'd be interested to see 
like what the the conflict of the roadie series is going to be like is it going to be like doofy iron man villains or is he going to be facing like a new threat and then with riri you know i i really loved her in wakanda forever but i haven't read any of the ironheart comics so you know i don't know what her kind of tone is i'm assuming it's probably more upbeat and optimistic since you know she's a kid um but yeah 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 yeah, I know she was in like the champions. I, I don't know. And the snippets I've seen her, it's more upbeat. So I guess that's mainly who I was thinking of in terms of like and Miss Marvel, right? Just came out pretty recently. Like I think um I don't think we're like moving away from colorful or the Marvels movie, right? That's a very yeah. colorful movie. So like I, I don't think there's like necessarily like a universal across the board shift, but I think um I mean Marvel is just, you know, willing to try new things and it and it needs to, I think, because you know, um I mean, this is just a tricky place that they're in, right? But, like, um, you know, yeah. I think they got to move away from their own brand in some respects. But I mean, what are your thoughts, Jen? Uh, it's good that they're uh, reaching back towards the edgier stuff because the comics have a bit of everything. They have uh, some characters in some series that are really dark and messed up and others that are super fun and lighthearted, some that are raunchy and some that are just good old classic action. So the fact that we hadn't seen the gritty stuff in a long time, like the fact that they're bringing it back makes me hopeful that they're just expanding their horizons, that they're uh, getting more diverse genres to add to their stories, because there are a lot of stories to tell. And even though superheroes and sci-fi is like basically the main core, please get into the lighter stuff, get into the darker stuff. There, everyone and everything has a story, so let's let's do it, you know? Not to mention that now that they uh, have certain characters in the MCU that are on the darker side, like, now that we've got uh, Daredevil back in, we got Fisk back in, and not to mention uh, Deadpool 3 is now going to be part of the Marvel Universe. So the fact that we're kind of just slowly but surely getting back this stuff that's uh that's more on the edge that's more that really gets into the nitty-gritty of the darker side of humanity you know because even like the good guys always win there are times where the bad guys get away with it you know that's life for you yeah so they're definitely not going to get away from the fun stuff but they definitely will bring in some more darker stuff. You know, it's more um what's the what's the word? Eclectic? Yeah. So I'm uh, Yeah. That's what I'm thinking that they're doing, that they're just branching out. And I'm really hoping that's the case because again, there's a lot of stories to tell. Please get into it. Don't be afraid to like be different and unique. Think outside the box, you know? We're used to our typical uh superhero story where so-and-so is a mild-mannered person who gets powers or a suit or <laughs> tragic circumstances lead them to fight crime. There's a villain. They fight. They win. They get the girl. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. It's awesome. But we need more. Because the world isn't just sunshine and rainbows. No. Give us the uh, creepy, gritty, underground mafia stuff. Let's go. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah that's a really good point that like you know historically comics have a bunch of di- there are a bunch of different kinds of characters 
all under the umbrella of one, you know, comics universe. Like with the Marvel comics universe, it's like you have all these very different kinds of characters from very different um, backgrounds. And um, so, you know, watching them all interact is, is part of the fun, but also like the fact that, you know, if you want uh, something set in a high school that's about like teenagers and high school stuff, it's like, well, you've got Spider-Man or you've got Ms. Marvel, but it's like, if you like stuff that's like, you know, more sci-fi and in outer space, it's like, well, you've got like Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel. You know, if you like things that are more grounded and maybe a little more gritty and a little more crime kind of focus, well, you know, now you're going to have like uh, the Echo series. Um, so, you know, I think that that's uh, a good point. And also, you know, the tone has to fit the story. Like, if someone tries to make a grim and gritty Ant-Man movie, that's not going to work. It's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Right. Like, you know, so that's not going to work. But at the same time, like, you know, if you have a like a Captain America movie that doesn't have any sincerity to it, that is like just a comedy, like that really doesn't work, you know? Um, so, so yeah, it's like, what is the right tone for the story that you are telling and also yeah there's a bunch of different stories that can coexist and you know part of the fun is seeing them all in this same universe and kind of having to play in the same sandbox so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed there's something for everyone you know if you're more into the lighter stuff you got something if you're into the darker stories you we got it too you know yeah i mean for instance like daredevil who's you know his own series is super dark and gritty can go over to She-Hulk and have fun, you know? Yes! Yeah, and that was really fun to watch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, I like to think of, I'd like to think of um, this Echo series as, you know, a a door that's opening into, you know, going back to certain, in in certain respects, to the grittier side of, like, um, superheroes and, you know, um, criminal underworld and things like that. And so, you know, I, I'm excited for it. And, you know, I'm excited for when it comes out and that we'll, you know, obviously uh, we'll be talking about it all at once because it's all releasing at once. So, you know, good for us <laughs> because I don't know if we could do it on a weekly basis with that kind of level of intensity, but um, just in terms of scheduling, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, if there's any, nothing else to add, then anything else to add? Am I missing anything? uh nothing for me i'm just uh ex- yeah excited to see what this is yeah let's do it yeah all right well thank you all so much for listening um always enjoy talking about marvel things with all y'all um if you enjoy our podcast rate us and review us on spotify and Apple podcast tell your friends all you know the drill um but yeah thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time on Nerd alert. Girls. Girls. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.